No one has the balls to stand up like I'm doing right now. Let's stop the crap already. We're all Americans. We're all equal. I don't see black. I don't see Asian. I don't see anything but American. Welcome to One Tough Podcast. I got a little something for you guys today. We're starting a Bo Deedles True Crime series. It's going to be another podcast. People have been calling me up asking me, Bo, why don't you talk about all these big cases that you were involved in, Bo, with the Wolf of Wall Street, Goodfellas, real cases that you were involved with, the Palm Sunday Massacre, the nun rapes, everything, murder of uh, Mangiamelli. So there's so many cases, and I think people are interested to find out what about these cases. That's going to be on my other podcast, Bo Deedle's True Crime Stories. And I think a lot of people can enjoy listening to the truth and the facts of what happened. Well, where have I been? I've been out for a couple of weeks. I was out in California, and I was filming this movie called Gemini Lounge with Danny A. It's based on a true story about the Roy DeMeo gang. This was one of the most notorious murder gangs in Brooklyn. And this was at a time when I was a Brooklyn detective. They were killing people, and part of their description was they would kill for organized crime. They would get hired by the Gambino family where they would kidnap somebody to bring them into the Gemini Lounge. And the Gemini Lounge was like the Roach Motel. They checked in, but they didn't check out. So what they would do is they would stab them or shoot them, drain the blood out of them, and cut all their body parts. And then they would put them into plastic bags and drop them all over the city. And so you wouldn't even find them half the times. It would go into the garbage. And they supposedly killed over 200 people over a course of a decade. And this was a great movie, and I play a police captain, and Danny A did a great job. It's going to be coming out, and Gemini Lounge, it's going to be a great movie. It's going to be a little bit of a horrific horror movie, too, because this is real blood and guts in more ways than one. So that was what I was doing. Then I'm back into New York here, and I was down in Florida playing a little golf, and then all of a sudden, when I was down in Florida, I started to see what that Governor DeSantis was doing down there. And then my Disney World, my grandson's going to Disney World. I just can't believe how far we're going with this thing. I mean, they want Mickey Mouse now to have another Mickey Mouse. They want them to tongue kiss with each other. Minnie Mouse is going to munch tape Minnie Mouse's girlfriend. I mean, where do we stop with this? First of all, children who are five years old, we don't teach them trigonometry and calculus. Their brains are just developing. And for us to start to try to teach them about, oh, cut your penis off, wear a dress, become a... I don't want my five-year-old child to be taught anything other than reading, writing, and arithmetic. And it's for the parents to deal with this. I don't want it to be dictated through our school. And I give all my support to our Governor DeSantis. And I'm very surprised that my friend Eric Adams, and Eric Adams is a good person. He's a good family man. He loves families, loves children. And I think he should reconsider what he's been saying about this. This is not our problem in New York. Our problem in New York City is the crime problem, like it is across this country. Again, 21,000 people murdered last year. We got to get our arms around us. We can't lose sight of the biggest problems that we have. I think what happened at the Academy Awards, and I didn't watch it, but I just saw excerpts of it. The biggest slap in the Academy Awards was not Will Smith smacking the comedian there. The biggest smack in the face was to the greatest movie of my lifetime, and I think everybody's lifetime, was a movie called The Godfather. And The Godfather, I think, 
you have to put is one of the greatest movies of all times. Now, how they honored it, they got Francis Ford Coppola, the director, producer. They got him out with De Niro and Pacino. They walk out on stage for about 40 seconds. That was the acknowledgement by the Academy of the greatest movie. I mean, why wouldn't they have taken this and give it the proper tribute, but instead they rather focus on nonsense and all this other garbage? That movie should have been had excerpts from parts in the movie and all that. That movie should have had the soundtrack. Everyone knows the soundtrack. Why wouldn't they have used the Academy Awards to show a great, a great appreciation for the greatest movie that was ever made in my lifetime, as far as I'm concerned? But this is just what's going on in our country right now. Right all of a sudden now, we have gay people in America. I support gay people very much. But when we look at the percentage of gay people in America, you're talking about 2% of the population. Now, with 2% of the population, for some reason, this population is controlling Congress, controlling the president, controlling business, controlling Hollywood. And I feel as though, you know, we're, we're missing the point here. What we have to do in this country is, the biggest problem, is to make this country safer for Americans across this country. Now you have people actually saying we want to defund the police department still, and the murder rate's just sky high. We saw the other day six people getting gunned down in Sacramento and guns everywhere, and now the cops, and this is the biggest problem, cops don't want to get involved because they have no support. If we have a police department or police departments around this country who are not going to do their job, that's as good as not having police. And then you say to yourself, well, the cops are not doing their job. My other side of the coin is, well, maybe if we would show some support to the cops, that if they do their job and they do it with the good things in mind, not to hurt anybody, not to discriminate anybody, but to do their job to protect people, we should support them and stand by them. But when you get a city council in New York City that says to the cop, if we deem that you use excessive force, we're going to fire you. We're going to take your pension away. Now we're going to go to the next step. You're going to be sued civilly. That house in Levittown that you've been paying all that money for 10 years, we're going to sue you. We're going to take it away. Now, the outrage is in one of our cities out west there, they had the demonstrations during the Black Lives Matter. And the demonstration people there, all of a sudden, they sued the police department. Now, these are people burning buildings down. These were not peaceful demonstrations. I support peaceful demonstrations. They were burning people, burning businesses down. They were rioting. They were assaulting people. Guess what? They won $12 million lawsuit, a $12 million lawsuit against the police. So now they got rewarded for damaging people's property, setting fires and committing arson and beating people up. Now they get $12 million. Now we look at Black Lives Matter, just came out now. None of that money went to the people of the community. The people of the community were the ones that should have gotten this money to help with the education of our kids, to show them that you don't have to be a criminal. You could be anything you want, children. And I don't see black, white, Asian. I don't see anything but... Children in my whole life, when I was in law enforcement, I only worked in minority communities. I picked up the bodies of dead children. I know black on black crime. I know what crime is out there. My big force in my life right now is education. 
and I, you know, I'm involved in. People could look at it. It's called Beable. It's a software that I got involved in because I, I said to myself, you know what? We have kids looking at these rap guys, brand new Rolls Royces, diamond Rolex watches, and seeing these people, these people talking about the crime, committing crime, calling women, all these names and all that. And they look upon that as being success in their life. But I'd like to be involved, and I'm involved with the New York City school system right now with this software. It's called Beable. So they don't take kids in the ninth grade and try to teach them. You take kids from kindergarten. You start them in kindergarten at five years old, and you use the software with their parents, with the teachers, and show them they could be anything. What do you like? You like policemen? You like to be an actor? Would you like to be an architect? Start a child at five years old. Help them if they have any learning disability. Show them that they can be helped. If they have a problem with spelling, dyslexia, identify their problem, but always stay with that child from kindergarten right through higher education to college to show them, hey, you don't have to have a path with crime. You could take a path in this life. And again, I keep saying it. You as a child in America today can be anything. You want to be a doctor? You want to be a lawyer? Show the ways to go. Stay part of that child so you can show that child there's more than all this garbage going on the street. And then all of a sudden I get kids who are in high school, going into high school. I can make $500 if I deliver these drugs for Tommy over there, the Bloods or the Crips or whatever. These kids make it What do I want to work for $15 an hour for you, Bo, when I can make this money? And that's what the problem out there. That's what these kids look, and that's what they look to. The same as my podcast, I talked about Jordan Belford being this insane creep that were robbing people. They motivate them to believe that this is the way to go. No, that's not the way to go. The way to go is believe in yourself. You want to be a screenwriter. You want to be an architect, a doctor, a lawyer. Show these kids from kindergarten that you have as much right as anyone else to be whatever you want to be. I feel as though if I could get kids at the age of five years old, instead of teaching them to cut their penises off, become a girl or lesbianics or gay or anything, how about teaching that kid exactly what you can be. You could be a doctor, lawyer. You want to be a military guy. You want to go to West Point or military gal. You go to West Point, show them that's a career way and stay with them and help them. You know, because what happens is when a kid enters high school, already he's a thing of a system. He's the victim of a system that didn't educate them properly. He can't or she can't read when they're in high school. I got a problem with that. Let's get them young so we can help educate them. If they have learning disabilities, let's help them. So when they reach high school, they know, you know what? I listened to that old man, Bo, I'll be gone, long gone. But I listened to what that old man, Bo Deedle said, I could be anything I want to be. And you know what I want? I want my education to help me. If I can't read properly, if I have dyslexia, I need help. And that's something. If we educate children at an early age and stay with them, I'll tell you right now, I won't be around, but in the next generation, we'll have children that are successful 
and they'll be successful business people on their own initiative. And then you won't have crime because the criminal element will evaporate because these kids are going to work hard and be something in their life. And they would tell the criminal element, you stay the hell away from my neighbor. You stay out of my neighbor. These are things that to me, that is my biggest thing that I can bring. Everybody, one tough cop, crime. No, no, no. Bo Deedle is one tough educator. I want to educate children and stay with them. And I love the idea of this. It's called Beable. I want my listeners to really look into it. I sat with the chairman of the New York City Board of Education, Mr. Banks, David Banks, who loves this system. I stayed with him. And I'm on top of it with him. And to me, that would be more of a success of getting this thing to our children than the crime side. Because if we educate, then we don't have to incarcerate. I know I sound like my friend Eric Adams, but no, I'm saying it from Bo Deedle. If we educate these kids and show them there's another way to go instead of going to the streets and doing all this criminal crap, I want to help all the children. I'm not standing on a soapbox here, but... I just look in these children's eyes when they're five years old. They're so innocent. And certainly, I don't need no perverted teacher teaching my children. Well, you know, if you want to be a girl, you could be that. You could wear a jacket. I don't want my kid being taught that crap. And that's crap. I want my kid. If my child decides they want to become gay, if it's a girl or a boy, that's their prerogative. And I got no problem. But I certainly don't want it being taught to a five-year-old in kindergarten, first grade. Damn you, don't. Keep that out. And you know what? Damn Disney, too. I will not go to Disneyland again. Damn you. What's wrong with Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck? I don't want to know what less than 1% of this country feels and does. The majority of this country want to go to an amusement park and have fun, enjoy their children. I don't need anything to be stuffed down my throat with all this trisexual, I don't need LBQ, QBA, whatever the hell else, transformer, translucent. I don't know what the hell they're talking about, and I don't want to know. I don't want my kids being taught this. Don't you understand? This is not a place for this to be taught at five, six, seven years old. It shouldn't be taught in school. First of all, the parents should have an obligation. Then that child, when that child's an adult, when that child's 14, 15, 16 years old, and they decide they want to become a woman or a man or they want to be gay, that's their choice. That's their choice in life to do. But don't be bringing that crap onto five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds. It's not a place. And you know what? The people got to get their ball bags together and fight this and say, no, you're not teaching my kid. And I'm real angry about this. So, again, one tough cop has gone from crime to education because education of good things to our kid and helping them is the most important thing. You know, I, I rant a little bit. People think I'm a little bit of crazy, but I'm not crazy. You know what I'm all about? Life experience. And we talked about experience before. I've learned so much from my lifetime, and I'm not that educated. I couldn't afford to go to college. I wish I was more articulate. I wish I knew those big $3 words. But you know what words I know? I know the real words, caring, loving, and understanding. These are the words I understand and I know. Again, this is something that I wish people listened to. And this technology is there. It's called Beable, Beable, B-E-A-B-L-E. People look it up, jump on a bandwagon. Our chancellor of the New York City school system, again, loves this system because he cares about education. And Eric Adams cares about education, too. Again, Eric, 
we have a problem because I speak out for my podcast to you. I do talk to you on the phone too, and we do have dinner together. But now I'm speaking out for my podcast. Let's focus on the biggest problems in this city. The biggest problems is not this LBGQBSTHYZ. It's not our problem, Eric. Our problem is the crime problem in the street. I know you're dealing with the homeless situation. I'm glad you're getting rid of those tents. But let's make people, you don't have to put billboards up for people wanting to stay in this state. What you got to do is you got to bring crime down, Eric. You got to bring people where we can feel good. God knows I have my grandson and my daughters and my sons, and they're in the city every day. I fear for them. I'm scared, Eric. They don't have a gun like I have and you have. I fear for them. Please, Eric, listen to what I'm saying. Let's support the police. Let's get these guns off the street. And like I mentioned to you, Eric, we should be using the federal government. Years ago, it's called, I think, trigger lock, it's called, where we lock up a guy with a gun, a loaded gun. We know when you bring him into the state court, they just a revolving door. They're out. They're not even held on bail. You know what we do? We let the federal government come in, and we let them prosecute the gun case. They'll give them a plea. Yeah, you got caught with a gun three times. Now you're going to federal jail for 10-year minimum. That's what we got to do. And then all of a sudden, you'll see the shootings. You'll see all these guns on the street will disappear. We've got to get strong with crime, Eric. It ain't going to go away. And you can be the hero, Eric. Please, I'm going to send you a link to this podcast, and I want you to listen to what I'm saying. I love you. I know what's in your head, but you got to do it. You know, anybody could talk the talk, but you got to walk the walk, and you got to support your police. Let those cops out there, the men and women who are willing to put their lives on the line, let them know that we have a mayor that supports them. And this city council of clowns, again, I told you, Eric, I'll go into the city council anytime. Line up five guys. I'll bring them all down. Six foot two. I don't care. I'm 71 years old. I'll bring them down with a headlock. I won't kill nobody. But you got to let cops know how you can effectively arrest somebody. Remember, Eric, I arrested 1,600 felons. I was hospitalized 30 times. Eric, I never killed anyone. Guy shot at me five times. Eric, I never killed him. You know what? There are ways of doing policing, and we got to get the cops in good shape. You don't have to shoot people. Get physically fit where you can wrestle with people and take the damn knife or gun away. You don't have to shoot somebody all the time, but we got to get them in shape. When I look at these obese cops or these little midget police officers, right, I'm calling them midget police officers. When you're four foot 11 and you're 90 pounds, how are you going to fight some guy that just got out of jail who's six foot three, 208 pounds? You take your gun out, that's why they're shooting them. Because you got to wrestle them down. You got to take them down. And that's what we got to do. Eric, I'm here to help you. I am a businessman in New York. I'm not part of your administration. So I can be outspoken. And I will continue to be outspoken about New York City. Now, remember, ladies and gentlemen, remember one thing. We have that Bo Deedle true crime stories. I like that. We're going to be talking in-depth about these crime stories. So you'll turn into that podcast. And if you have any ideas, you want to send them to WABC. Send them to us for any ideas you want. And again, I really thank everybody for listening. And I'll be back next week with another podcast, but also a true crime story on our podcast. Please tune in. Thank you very much. This is... 
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 